I am terrified right now. More scared than I've ever been in my life. I'm going to go there. If you don't hear from me, you know what happened. You got to go on an expedition. That's it. I mean, that's the curse. Out of the fort, into the grave. Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And today I'm super excited to have back, uh, just in time for the Halloween spooktacular extravaganza, uh, the best scary stuff I could think of would be uh, your own worst nightmares. So from the Still Sleeping <laughs> podcast, uh, Raylene and Sydney, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're excited to be a part of this again. Yeah, we... Uh... Our dreams are pretty scary a lot of the time. <laughs> most so. of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Every month is a Halloween month. It really <laughs> is. Speaking of dreams and Halloween months, what are your guys' plans for Halloween? Oh, man. Uh, mm. We were talking just recently that uh, we have a projector and we're thinking about screening the second Scream movie yep. in our backyard Ooh, for nice. some people. So yeah, we've been, uh, we just started the Scream series this week with some friends. So it's nice. a pretty fun one to watch with a group. Yeah. Such a good campy party oh, kind yeah. of movie to watch. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. I kind of wish we had backyard, Ryan. <laughs> or any outdoor space at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's hard to want to do anything right now with how crazy it is, but probably just eat a bunch of candy and call it a, call it a day. I'm Three also going to dress up. <laughs> I'm going to dress up on Halloween. I'm going to be a web developer. So I'm going to be Ryan. Oh my um, God. Awesome. So I will get a plain colored shirt. I will <laughs> get my hair back in that signature swoop and I will put on a pair of jeans and a pair of glasses. I'm going to call it good. I love it. It's perfect. Awesome. <laughs> so if you need an easy uh, Halloween costume idea, there you go. We can all be Ryan. <laughs> easy. I needed an easy co- Halloween costume idea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you can't be Ryan. It's going to be awesome. At best, I'm a pumpkin right now. So <laughs> I was going to ask, what in your opinion? So everyone always talks about like their best candy, like the favorite candy. What is like the most underrated, like dark horse candy? Like what's not bad? Mm. Like what's not trash? But what's like no one's going to give it its dues, but every year I'm for it. <laughs> oh, mm. can I go? Yeah. I love a Butterfinger. I, I really love Butterfinger. Like yeah. Yeah. But they're, but they're never like the w- top of the list when you go to the candy store to hand out Halloween candy. Like you always go for the Reese's, the other, the other ones, but mm-hmm. you don't say, oh, let's look for the bag of the Butterfingers. <laughs> but you're always happy when you get one. That's fair. I, I, That's I love Butterfingers. I was going to say, so like you have to throw out like Necco wafers and some of those things, but like one that's like nobody gives it to stews are Dots. Like they're in your yes, they're oh in your gosh. bag every year, but they're good. And I'm all for like chewy, fruity. Thing. Like it's gonna like rip out I your never cavities. Got those. Really, they're really? like gumdrops. They're really yeah. good. No, they, I guess I've never had those. They seal your jaw fan. together. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they're underrated a little bit more. Is because you can't keep them a long time before they're rocks. Yeah, they're pretty bad. I've always been a big fan of milk duds, to be honest. Like, those are really good Ooh, to me. Yeah, Again, kind of seals your jaw shut. 
I think uh, candy corn, like it's specific to Halloween. I personally really like candy corn. I mean, it's basically just straight sugar, I but it's Thank delicious. You. Yeah. <laughs> it's like dried frosting. It's yeah, delicious. Yeah, it really is like dried frosting. That's a good description. <laughs> I uh, currently I have in... a whole box of the little pumpkins. Oh. The pumpkin-shaped ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I was thinking like Smarties. Kids, I don't, I don't know how many kids like Smarties, but I like Smarties. My kids like Smarties. I remember eating Smarties a lot as a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. I and um, when I was growing up in school, they um, before the era apparently of germs, um, <laughs> they would open it up and like if you got a question right, you get one Smartie from the packet. Oh and wow! So, uh, you strive to get them right because then you get all the Smarties in the packet if yeah. you get enough. Uh, right. Dang. You're the smartiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think germs existed before 2020. Yeah, I guess <laughs> not. I'm pretty sure they didn't. <laughs> I also thought like little pixie stick things, like the powder ones. It's like nobody ever like loves those, but you also put back like a handful of them at a time out of the Halloween bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't eat those anymore because my brother got like 30 of them as a white elephant gift when I was a kid. So he's like, here, you take these. Being like six, I was like, sure, I'm going to eat them all, right? And it's like, I ate so many that it like burned my tongue. Like it was so much sugar that it like damaged me and I will never eat them again. Oh God, <laughs> that's dramatic. <laughs> so I won't, eat, I won't eat pixie sticks anymore. It's too much. Jeez, to be scarred. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, we can get some trivia and this is the very 54th ever episode. And like I said, it is our Halloween spook spectacular special extravaganza of darkness and destruction Uh, and uh this is a round robin game where all five of us have a round for the other four to answer and uh super excited and uh we will get started as we always do with these with Stu's round thank you cool so my round is called curses it is a round that is about uh generally cursed objects or locations uh both Mm. fictional and realistic and so uh, it's pretty standard. The first clue is going to be more in the form of a riddle. Um, and then the second clue is just a straight up clue for it, uh, just in case the riddle stinks or something. Um, if you get it right on the riddle, you get two points. If you get it right on the clue, then uh, you get one point. And buzz in whenever you're ready. Thanks. All righty. Question number one. Get your friends and gather round. Who provides the answers is never found. Speak your mind or ask a query, for the souls of the dead are never weary. Oh. Rachel. This is a Ouija board. It is a Ouija board. <sighs> I was going to say that. Released nice. in eight, 1891, surprisingly. Um, wow. Which it wasn't controversial when it was released, uh, but now it's, you know, gone under scrutiny and people, you know, accuse it of being like... Like everything in this world, we have found a way to recoil against it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Two points to Rachel. Uh, question number two. Dried and crusty, this severed hand causing death across the land. User beware, speak your wish, and suffer despair. Three wishes is all it takes to meet your doom and seal your fate. Dried and crusty. Scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're cursed objects. It's, it's a <laughs> Halloween episode. <laughs> okay, question. Weird, yeah. weird question that's a little bit unrelated to your question, but totally related to your round. Sure. Are curses and blessings the same Real. thing? Um, like, because 
Okay, uh, so he- hear me out, hear me out. Yeah. I'm thinking of like, it's just a thing to get an outcome. And we call it a curse when the outcome is bad and a blessing when the outcome is good. <laughs> I mean, y- y- no, not quite, okay. right? Because um, these are actually things that are like, these are all negative things uh, okay. generally, right? Or associated with negative sort of things, right? Um, so yeah, so this is an object. Uh, dried and crusty, this severed hand causing death across the land. User beware, speak your wish, and suffer despair. Three wishes at all it takes to meet your doom and seal your fate. Uh, you guys want the hint? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is an object from a short story written by W.W. Jacobs in 1911. It's seen many different interpretations, uh, including being inside the Treehouse of Horror series in The Simpsons. Hmm. This is an object from a short story written by W.W. Jacobs in 1911. Uh, it's seen many different adaptations, including uh, being in the Treehouse of Horror series in The Simpsons. The hand wishes. and the three wishes are like throwing me off. Yeah. yeah. If you know it, you know it. But that, right, that should give it away. Um, Sydney? Oh, no. Sydney. Is it monkey's paw? It's the monkey's paw. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I was like, I don't nice remember job. who wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The severed hand, right? Like you make a wish and the finger curls up and then it, yes. you know, comes back to bite you sort of thing. Yeah. Um, very creepy. Very cursed. Nice. Nice. One point. Question number three. Don't open it and read what's inside or else you'll release something terrible from the other side. Filled with incantations and spells. This book of the dead does more than just open the gates to hell. Oh, I know what it is. I cannot recall the name. Ryan. Uh, Ryan. It's going to be wrong because you said book, but Pandora's box. It's not Pandora's box. No, it's a good guess, though. Don't open it. Sydney. Sydney. Necronomicon. It is the Necronomicon. Nice Nice work. Nice job. I guess I know my cursed objects. It's a fictional book written by H.P. Lovecraft. Nice. Nice. Two points to Sydney. Uh, Question number four. 45 carats guarantees it's not fake, but wear it and your life will be at stake. On a crown, you'll lose your head, and on a necklace, everyone you love will soon be dead. Rachel. Rachel. I think this is the Hope Diamond. It's the Hope Diamond. Nice. Yes. Everyone uh, who's associated with it has died. Has died. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like royalty has been right. Like it was in the French, um, French royalty family. I can't think of their name right now, but yeah, they were all beheaded from it, um, or at least after owning it. So is it because other people are going after it, or they miraculously get like final destinationed? It's more that they get final destinationed. Um, yeah, it's like traded hands through like collectors who like either they've died from it or they've gone into like complete poverty, right? They're like lavishly rich. And then, yeah, they completely end up losing all their money or whatever it might be, or they get super sick. Uh, Most of them die. So that would be the hope diamond. Two points to Rachel. Question number five, respect the living and honor the dead. Do not disturb him or you'll lose your head. Wrapped up tightly with things long past, the decision to disturb his slumber will be your last. To disturb his slumber. Respect the living and honor the dead. Do not disturb him or you'll lose your head. Wrapped up tightly in things long past, the decision to disturb his slumber will be your last. Ryan. Ryan. 
Is this King Tut? It is King Tut. Nice. Yes. Nice job. Uh, All of those who interacted with him uh, after the discovery, well, not all of them, but a vast majority of them uh, died. Uh, Two people's houses set on fire. Like a lot of people got sick or like had heart attacks and died, like very spontaneous, weird deaths uh, shortly after the discovery. Wow. I assume because wow. there is no good bacteria buried deep within a tomb like that. <laughs> right, that's true too. Yeah, right. That's probably fair. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nice. Uh, two points to Ryan there. Question number six, and the final question of the round. Whether by sea or air, travel safe and take care. Captains of all sorts avoid this place with three points. That doesn't rhyme. Captains of all <laughs> sorts avoid this place with three points and That's three sides. <laughs> Rachel. Uh, right. We'll do like an everybody? Uh, sure. I okay. thought you were still going. <laughs> no, it's, it's a short one. I thought I put a rhyme at the end of that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, we will start with Raylene and Sydney. Uh, the Bermuda Triangle? I was also going to say the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Ryan and Rachel? Ditto. Yeah. I put a B in a triangle. Yep. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, yeah. Legend has it that traveling through here is dangerous and will likely cause mysterious disappearances or deaths. So. Is that two points to everybody then? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. I was going to say in either, I think it was third grade. It was second or third grade. I remember like my, one of my close friends during that time, like we had a pack and we were looking at Bermuda Triangle and we told each other and my friend I can't remember his name it's been a long time but I remember when we sat around a desk he said I'm gonna go there if you don't hear from me you know what happened oh my god and I don't remember his name nor do nor and it's been 20 years so I assume he got I assume he's lost to the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, I think that's a safe assumption. That's probably why you don't remember his name. Right. Oh, he was erased from history. Oh, my gosh. Mm, You got to go on an expedition. That's it. I mean... Yeah, there's a there's sense. a curse outside. There is a real um, curse outside well, right now. Luckily, you know a Nathan Drake, so... Uh, that's true. He got could something the to do. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Some charting that needs to be done. <laughs> awesome. That's two points to everybody, and that ends the round. Nice. That was I'll never great. forget yeah. the look in his <laughs> eyes when he told me that. <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that <laughs> and uh, Rachel, it is your turn. Woo! Okay, so guys, I, I need you to know how much fun I had making this round. This was going to be a blast. Um, <laughs> so in this round, you guys are going to be asked to supply a nickname. In keeping with the Halloween theme, I want you to give me the nicknames of these serial killers. Great. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Each nickname has a relation to something generally considered within the realm of Halloween. So keep that in mind. There are limited clues for each person. However, each of these individuals has had multiple films made about their lives and crimes, and they are highly recognizable in popular media. So, so all six are not Stabby Stabby McJorgensen? No, I'm sorry, Ryan. That has no relation to Halloween. Okay, so an example question would look something like this. 
Richard Ramirez was convicted of 13 murders involving home invasion in the middle of the night in the San Francisco and Los Angeles areas from 1984 to 1985, his nickname stemming from his method of attack. The answer is, he was the Night Stalker. Invasion, Uh, he would stalk out the homes, invasion in the middle of the night. I'm giving limited clues, but you should be able to get there. Um, These guys are pretty famous. I, I specifically chose very famous ones. You guys ready? Ready. Let's do this. Okay. Question number one. Albert Fish was known by these three names, one of which is related to his targeting of children, as they pertain to his three confirmed murders and upwards of a hundred, which he was suspected of committing in the early 20th century in New York City. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, is this the Central Park? Killer? It is not. This Uh, one's a little close. Go ahead, Raylene. Oh, sorry. Uh, Candyman? It is not the Candyman. That's a good guess. That's a scary name. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Albert Fish was known by these three nicknames, one of which is related to his targeting of children, as they pertain to his three confirmed murders and upwards of a hundred of which he is suspected of committing in the early 20th century in New York City. I have three nicknames listed. You only have to give one. Thank oh, you. not a three-word name. Three separate nicknames. Yes, I apologize. Got it. Okay. Any guesses? That doesn't make it any easier. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Well, the three nicknames are, one, the Werewolf of Wisteria. It's one of them. Ooh. The Brooklyn Vampire. And then the third one is uh, one that was, in my understanding, was actually coined a term that was coined because of him, which is the boogeyman. Oh, Ooh, okay. That's Pick the relationship. Pick a lane and stick with it. Vampires and werewolves and boogeymen. <laughs> yeah, he got all the good ones. Right? <laughs> Save some for somebody There's else. Nothing man. left. <laughs> well, question number two. Lonnie David Franklin Jr. was convicted in 2007 and died in prison in March of this year following his conviction for killing 10 women in the Los Angeles area in the mid-1980s in a string of crimes that earned him this nickname due to the nighttime activities associated with the crimes. Note, I chose this one because he was in the news highly earlier this year. This might be harder than I thought. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> Uh, Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. This is, I don't think it's it, but is it the Black Dahlia murders? No, um, the Black, Black Dahlia murder is one specific murder that happened, I believe yeah. it was either in the 1920s or 1930s. It is one person, and she was known as the Black Dahlia. Yeah. I Stu? like true crime. Go ahead, Stu. Is this the Zodiac Killer? It is not. Um, Ooh, that'd be a good guess. That's still it, unsolved, right? Yeah. yeah. So what's interesting about a lot of these is there were overlapping serial killers operating at the same times, um, which, of course, made it much harder to solve. And much scarier to be outside. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, uh, Two don't of these have happened in LA. Up, I don't Sorry. recommend looking up these statistics. <laughs> um, so this is actually the Grim Sleeper. The Grim Sleeper? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I to- every one of these has a relationship to Halloween. He doesn't sound so tough. <laughs> Sounds yeah, sleepy. Right. right. <laughs> oh, question number three. This one is a bit uh, recognizable here in Chicago. 
Among the most famous of Chicago's serial killers is John Wayne Gacy, who is known to have killed at least, at, at least 33 men and boys from 1972 to 1978 after gaining their trust through a method now associated with the macabre contributing to his favorite nickname. Following several unsuccessful appeals, Gacy was executed in 1994. Everyone knows this one. I know. Oh my God. I was going to say, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just can't think of the name. Yeah. Same. This method. He... Go ahead. Oh, if it's a method, I was just going to say the Hyde Park killer. No. But... Halloween, Ryan. Halloween. <laughs> Jack-o'-lantern <laughs> crusher person. You're closer uh... than Hyde Park killer. <laughs> <laughs> Scary clown killer. <laughs> actually um was that raylene or sydney i'm sorry oh it's raylene raylene i'm gonna give you a point for that one Woo-hoo. because Whoa. his nickname was the killer clown oh nice oh. Was, i knew it was a that? clown yeah. i just wasn't sure like what his actual nickname was but okay scary yeah. clown what, killer was he yeah. from outer space he... <laughs> <laughs> so that that one's um that one's very interesting lots lots of movies from that one yeah um, so this next one was actually what I thought was going to be the hardest one in the round, um, but apparently this whole round is very hard. <laughs> it's okay. Question number four. In the 1990s, Keith Hunter Jefferson earned this nickname for the morbid and lurid symbol he drew on communications sent to the media, police, and prosecutors who were investigated his, investigating his later confirmed killings of eight women in the early 1990s throughout the United States, for which he is currently imprisoned, after these investigators were investigating the wrong person. Whoa. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Is this the Zodiac Killer? Zodiac is unsolved. I know, because we just mentioned that a couple minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Any other guesses? I mean, I'll tell you, it's stab at it. Is it like the Joker? No. It is not. I thought something like that too. Like yeah, because the symbol. It. Yeah. And uh, Raylene or Sydney, did you guys have a guess? I don't know. No. Okay. This is known as the Happy Face Killer. Oh, oh. that's oh. sweet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is very famous for the big smiley faces drew on everything. Oh, that's unnerving. That is very unnerving. <laughs> right? Very unnerving. Not a fan. <laughs> okay. Question number five. Harold Shipman was an English physician convicted of killing 15 of his patients, although the true number may be nearer to 250, earning him his nickname by his choice of victim, which was from 1975 to 1978. Actually, excuse me, 1975 to 1998. Uh, I have no idea. Oh, uh, Raylene? Go ahead, Raylene. Oh, uh, Angel of Death? I will give that one to you. That is one of his. Um, um, his his biggest one is Doctor Death. Oh, Doctor mm. Death. Okay, oh. yeah, that um, makes but, sense. But Angel of Death is one of his other nicknames. So two points to you. Thank you. Is that I, the one? I was gonna say, is that the one that has like the whole office is set up for like killing people, and like he would, was, or is it? I thought like that was maybe Dr. like in the eighteen. That's what it was. Thank that you. That was the assisted yeah. suicide. Yeah. That's right. This this one is is a guy that would purposefully give people the wrong drugs, enjoy watching people die, like would convince people they needed injections when they didn't so that he could. 
So, fun fact, I went to a museum that had Dr. Kevorkian's van, so I've seen it in person. Super creepy. Oh, That's super, super creepy. creepy. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so now I gotta know which museum is it? Uh, it is uh, Zach Bagan's museum in uh, Vegas. Okay. Huh. Wow. All right, yeah, we're going there next it. time. But, yeah. Imagine. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting museum, Rachel. I think you would really enjoy it. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a haunted museum tour. It was like an hour long. Very fun. Um, also highly disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Imagine trying to buy that van. Like <laughs> he had to hunt that down. Like that didn't like come across his way or anything. Like somebody was like, I want to go buy the serial killer van. Like, I yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to pay a premium for it. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's insane. But I mean, I guess, you know, it's an attraction. Yeah, Still. it makes you money. Right. There's a little bit of damage to the carpet. Don't mind. It's like, no, I'm for it. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> okay. Question number six. Last question of the round. Fred and Rosemary West's gruesome choice of venue for their at least 12 murders in England that occurred from 1967 to 1987 resulted in their nickname. Think really Halloween. Um, Stu? Go ahead, Stu. Jack the Ripper? It is not Jack the Ripper. Okay. Any other guesses? Halloween from English location. I okay, I'll give a little clue that I don't have written down there because I know I think everyone can do it. What is an activity that you do on Halloween that is not trick-or-treating? Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. The bobbing for apple killer. <laughs> that's exactly where mine went. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's not right. I know what it is, but I already have my guess. You, you can go ahead, Stu. Is this like the pumpkin carver, the jack-o'-lantern carver? No. Okay. Raylene, do you have a guess? Uh, the vandalizing people's houses killer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the answer here is um, these were the House of Horrors murderers. Oh. oh. Yeah. So um, this was the closest ones I could get to like a haunted house one. Yeah, no, uh, I nice. think that works. Nice. A little bit harder round than expected. Um, Ryan, where do I score a stand? <laughs> Interesting really, stuff, though. Yeah, yeah. I killed it with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have Stu just holding down the fort. Myself with four, Raylene with five, Sydney with five, and Rachel with six. Still holding on to a tightly contested lead. Uh, we'll go to the still sleeping team. So Sydney, uh, you're, it's your round. All right. Okay. So I did like famous haunted locations and yes. I will give you um, one clue first. And if you can guess like the place, then I'm thinking that's worth two. But if you can just give me like the area, then maybe it's worth one. Sure. Okay. So question number one. This colonial revival style hotel first opened in 1909 and features 420 rooms plus ballrooms, dining areas, and an underground cave system. It is said that tourists have captured ghostly figures on its grounds and some rooms are said to have activities such as fo footsteps, furniture moving, and a cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. Pay extra Rachel. for that. Uh, Rachel? 
Right. First of all, Ryan, I don't think that's the kind of cowboy you're <laughs> talking about. Um, uh, is this the um, the one in Estes Park, Colorado? It is. It's the that's, Stanley Hotel. Oh, that's what I was thinking, too, where uh, The Shining was filmed. Couldn't remember the yes. name. I've only driven past it. The, the second clue probably would have given it away. <laughs> so question number two. The seemingly serene forest at the foot of this country's famous mountain has a deeply tormented past with over 500 reported deaths since the, since the 1970s. Some blame, blame this trend on the forest's association with demons from mythology. Others say it is due to large underground deposits of iron which interfere with the magnetic field. Rachel. Stu. I heard Rachel first. Is this Mount Fuji in Japan? I will give that to you. It's at the foot of Mount Fuji, yes. Oh. This is the suicide forest oh, or the, yeah. I'm going to probably butcher this, Aokikahara forest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And then question number three. This famous home is described as a Victorian labyrinth comprising of four stories, 160 rooms, 10,000 window panes, and 47 stairways. It was built with features such as staircases leading directly into the ceiling and windows opening onto secret passages. Really? Really? Uh, the Winchester Mansion? Yes. Oh, that's nice. exactly right. This is in San Jose, California. So that's two I was going to say Rayleigh. Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that also works. Yeah, I think that's also accurate. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Question number four. This haunted ship had a brief stint as a warship in World War II and served as a luxury ocean liner from 1936 to 1967. During that time, it was the site of at least one murder, a sailor being crushed to death by a door in the engine room, and several drownings in the ship's pool. Railing? Right. Railing? Oh. oh, I heard railing. Sorry. Uh, the Queen Mary? It is the Queen Mary. Oh. job. I was not going to say that. Yeah. You know, it's currently a hotel, which you can still stay at. That's pretty cool. It's cool. I kind of want to go there. Right now, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of right. all about these places. Oh, yeah. Heavy doors. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch out for those. I'll get you. <laughs> okay. Question number five. This home of horror is said to have haunting evil spirits that can persuade residents to commit crimes. One family stay only lasted 28 days before moving out. It is said to have had green slime oozing from the walls, foul odors, and people levitating in their beds. These events inspired 1977, a 1977 novel and a later film of the same name. Brian. Brian. Is this the Amityville house? It is. Nice job. job. Those creepy windows that look like eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie creeped me out. I remember watching the the newer one and then watching the the remake and I can't remember if it's an owl or a cat but I just remember laughing as it like bolts in through the window as like a scare. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay, so last question. This underground structure spans 500 miles and has been a paranormal paranormal curiosity since its creation in 1786. It is famously known for a camcorder recording of a man becoming disoriented and scared before dropping the camera and running away from an unseen force. Stu. Stu. <laughs> the French catacombs. 
Yes, these are the catacombs nice of Paris. Or Paris. Nice. Yeah, of Paris. Ryan, Ooh. Ryan, and I were in Paris and we didn't go to them, and I'm so kind of sour about that. Oh, you always go back. Yeah. That's true. Go back. Make a trip just for the catacombs. Yeah, maybe not <laughs> so right the- now, but later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. absolutely. I mean, uh, just go hang out with the dead people. It's They'll probably safer welcoming. down there, anyways. <laughs> That's true. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was fun. Uh, nice I'm all job. about yeah, that place. Yes. That went a lot better than I thought. <laughs> so that's good. That was a great round. Um, I have scores at myself with four, Raylene with nine, uh, Sydney with five, Rachel with ten, and Stu with one foot out of the fort at two. Sweet. One foot into the catacombs. <laughs> <laughs> out of the fort. Into the grave. <laughs> into the grave, yep. Oh, no. What a metaphor for life. <laughs> oh, yep. Uh, Raylene, it is your turn. Okay, awesome. Very excited. Um, so I kind of split my round, three questions and three questions. So the first three are kind of doing their own thing here. So uh, hopefully this goes well. Um, basically, the first three questions are going to be kill count questions. So I based all my questions on horror movies. Um, I'll give you the name of a horror movie and a brief description of the horror movie. And you guys will try and guess how many people were killed in the movie. And the closest person without going over the kill count gets the point. If you guys are ready, do the first question. So um, in the 2011, 2011 slasher, You're Next, the daughter of a doomsday prepper joins her boyfriend for his family reunion at a remote vacation home. The family is attacked by a group of masked assassins armed with crossbows and machetes. How many people are killed in this film? (laughs) I have never seen You're Next. (laughs) You should. It's good. (laughs) It's a great movie. Yeah, Ryan, we Cro- should watch a horror movie together. It'll go well. Crossbows and machetes makes me think that there's probably like an island's worth of people. But I have no idea. Okay, so should I call on each of you and have you lock in an answer? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, um, we'll start with Sydney. 12. Okay, Rachel? So I was actually going to say 11 and a half because I think one of them is an animal. Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Uh, Stu? Eight. Ryan? I said 18. Okay, the number was 15. Oh, nice, Stu. So Sydney was the closest without going over. Question two. In the original Final Destination from 2000, high school student Alex has a premonition of the plane he just boarded exploding after takeoff. He causes a scene and is escorted off the plane with several classmates and a chaperone. How many people are killed in this film? I'll give you guys a second. Hmm. Rachel, we'll start with you when you're ready. I'm going to go ahead with four. Okay. Stu? Six. Ryan? The plane almost shook me. I was going to go for a super high number. Uh, I went with 24. And Sydney? Seven. Who guessed the highest number? Sorry. <laughs> I, I said 24. Okay, so Ryan's going to get that one because the kill count in this movie is 292. <laughs> 287 passengers die on the initial plane explosion. <laughs> so the it was, there the was movie. a plane crash. <laughs> there is, yeah. 
I thought yeah. it was like a premonition. So it right. he does have a premonition, but then oh, it but still it happens. Yeah, you're it's right. just they don't die. You're right. And then See, I thought it was a trick question. Cracks them all down. Gotcha. So it wasn't a trick question. Those people died <laughs> and they were counted. <laughs> I was I was gonna say seven, and then you said a plane, and I was like two hundred and fifty, and then you said everyone got off safely at first. Well, you didn't say safely, but everyone was escorted off. So it's like way back down. <laughs> All right. Um, the third and final of the kill count questions. Um, in the 2012 horror comedy, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, two well-intentioned hillbilly best friends buy a vacation home of their dreams. But for some reason, a group of crazy teenagers seemingly keep committing suicide. How many people are killed in this film? We'll start with... Um, Stu, whenever you're ready. 20? Okay. Ryan? I said 50. Sydney? 13. And Rachel? Well, that last question has me all sorts of confused, so I went with 31. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney, you're right on the nose with this one. You got the exact right amount. It was 13 kills. That's a very funny movie that I didn't watch until, like, what, last year, I think? I was, yeah, completely surprised by that movie. Super fun watch. It's very funny. Nice. Nice. Okay, so the last three questions that I have are just um, still based in horror movies, but just regular trivia questions. So first person to buzz in. The Shining, 1980, directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on the Stephen King novel, inspired the 2012 documentary Room 237. Room 237 delves into social suspected social interpretations and hidden meanings within the film The Shining. Name one of the suspected social interpretations or hidden meanings. So there's multiple answers to this, and I'll accept any of them. I forgot the word. Um, Ryan? Ryan. Like, premonition? Uh, no, I don't think that's quite close enough okay. to any of I'm just this. throwing out words, so don't... Yeah. No, you're you're fine. Um, so this is like kind of like what the documentary deals with, like what weird things like and interpretations that people think Stanley Kubrick hid in this film. Hmm. I just think of groundskeeper Willie and like shouldn't <laughs> I saw a YouTube Anybody? video about this and like right that like went over the different the different potential like hidden meanings in the film and stuff. I just can't yeah. remember it. It was like a year ago. Um, this is very interesting. Yeah, I watched like half the documentary. It's <laughs> just like helping me now. <laughs> okay, do you guys want to know the answer to this one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, some of the hidden meanings that people think are um, the cultural assimilation of the Native Americans. So there's all these like hidden things like there's this baking powder can that says Calumet on it and it has like a like an Indian chief and like mm. yeah there's all these like uh Native American like paintings and stuff on the walls and yeah it's supposed to be like you know every horror movie is like it was on, built on an Indian burial ground yeah. <laughs> so um another one was that um Stanley Kubrick made this film 
to secretly tell people that he helped fake the Apollo 11 moon landing footage. <laughs> wow, that's intense. <laughs> so that that's one's pretty funny. fun. Um, there's a lot Why? of stuff like referring to the Holocaust in it. Like people get really deep into this. The symbolism and things that they find in this movie is intense. And just like generally like genocide, like the genocide of people in general, like uh, like a power play. So it's all your standard horror movie tropes. Just standard. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Is the moon landing one people saying like, if you look at the shot, the light doesn't have a shadow. Like you couldn't do that in the well, moon. Well, <laughs> it's, well, yeah, I think it is those kind of people, but it, they're talking about like how uh, Danny and like one of the scenes has like a, uh, like an Apollo 11 rocket on one of his oh. sweaters. And he's like, they're like, Room 237 has some correlation to like a studio where people are suspected that they shot this. Right. And yeah, I mean, it, the conspiracies go deep, Ryan. So as, deep. as they're so want to do. <laughs> so question number five, what 2016 Korean zombie movie became the highest grossing Korean film in Malaysia, Hong Kong and Singapore? It's spiritual successor peninsula was released just this year sydney train to song yeah got it <laughs> i, I really struggled to get that out, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so i don't think i think it's not going to be available peninsula isn't until november here on dvd and then i think shutter is picking it up in like 2021 so oh, no wow i'll be interested Perfect. to check it out all right Last question. This horror franchise centering on a witch coven and a demonic entity named Toby may have you too scared to turn out the lights. Sydney. Sydney. Paranormal activity. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that one. <laughs> Toby. Toby. It's just like the least threatening demonic name you could come up with. Toby. There's nice. a lot of fun trivia for that one too. Like, I was like reading through all these different things. Like it's kind of that movie was done kind of like Blair Witch, like the first one where it's like they just gave them like, yeah. And they just gave them like talking points where they were like, uh, this is kind of what you're going to talk about. But there was no hard script. Right. Um, They filmed it at like the writer's house on like his home video camera. He's got a nice house. He had it (laughs) remodeled specifically for the movie. Oh, wow. Wow. That yeah, it's tax write off as a work expense. I, I gotta imagine, right? Yeah. I wonder what you make different. Like the the rooms are all longer, so you. Can uh, fit. So he said there was no railing on the staircase, so oh. they put up railing. I, oh, that seems dangerous. That actually right. seems worse. <laughs> but I don't know. And then, mm. like he said, all the rooms were white, so he painted. Sounds like he just wanted to remodel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm filming a movie too. Can we get like a new tile in the bathroom? That's, That's awesome. the best excuse to get somebody to pay to remodel your house I've ever heard. I think I'm going to need to film a horror movie in my house. I uh, definitely need ones that um, where the shots are going to focus on the baseboards. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> But that's awesome. Those are good. Uh, going into the final round, I have it is it is mostly very close. Uh, myself with eight, Raylan with nine, Rachel with ten, Sydney with thirteen, 
Stu with two, one foot out of the fort. And uh, we'll go into my round, the final round. And uh, so we've had curses and murders and horror. So we're going to be <laughs> even scarier than all of that. My <laughs> round is about M&M's candy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this round. As you should be. I gave you all a bowl of M&M's, and one of them is poisonous. <gasps> I knew it. You M&M roulette. <laughs> <laughs> so I have six questions about uh, M&M's candy, and uh, in part from uh, researching the M&M's website itself and some other research. Uh, there's some fun stuff here. So uh, I think all of these are just going to be general trivia, so call out when you know it. Uh, question number one. M&M's were named the official candy of what year based on its Roman numeral similarity? Oh. Rachel. 2000? Yes. Wow. This would be the year 2000 where the Roman numerals would be MM. Okay, so I was just thinking of the one M on the candy and... This is literally my train of thought. It can't be the year 1000. <laughs> so that's my train of thought. Yeah, Ryan, you want to know how A to B my, my brain is? That's how we got there. The first original dessert. Uh, yeah, according to Eminem.com or MMS.com, uh, M&M's were the official candy of the year 2000 based on their Roman numeral MM. Two points to Rachel there. Uh, question number two. What movie, after failing to get the rights to use M&M's, notably used Reese's Pieces instead, creating a huge surge of demand for them in the 1980s? Stu. Uh, Stu. E.T.? Yes. Nice job. This would be the iconic E.T. laying the pieces out. Uh, and supposedly, yeah, they went to Spielberg, or Spielberg went to them and couldn't, the M&M's didn't want to use them, thinking it would be a liability or a flop or something like that, and uh, ended up creating a huge surge in Reese's Pieces sales. <laughs> we good on them. Actually, I was wrong. This, so there's, there's one question in here that'll be a little bit different from the standard format. Question number three. The M&M's commercials have a long-running cast of beloved voice actors. Uh, I will go round robin from lowest score to highest. Uh, you have to try to give me a name of a voice actor, and we'll just kind of go around until nobody can, or if nobody can at all. So last person standing. Uh, you just have to give me a name of a voice actor in the uh, commercials. There are some that are current. There are some that uh, have been names in the past uh so i'll take any of them but uh Stu, i'll go to you first um i mean yeah i i'm not gonna know a single one of these i can't okay. even think of a voice actor now <laughs> that's okay voice actors and actors but uh and you know in other things too but uh that's okay uh raylene i got nothing <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> rachel like Mila Kunis? Uh, no, Mila Kunis is not one. Uh, Sydney? Uh, Frank? <laughs> is that one? <laughs> I'm going to assume you're going to go with Frank Lloyd Wright, the architect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, there's no Frank. I also thought of, this one might be a little hard. So you have uh, J.K. Simmons, and before that was John Goodman for The Yellow M&M. Uh, you have Vanessa oh, Williams. Nice. You have David Cross, who is uh, Tobias Funke from oh, Arrested man. Development. I had you no have idea. SNL alum. Uh, he plays the Carmel one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. You have uh, SNL alum John Lovitz and Phil Hartman. You have um, one voice actor who, after looking up her uh, her notables, is Cree Summer, who's I think most notable for playing uh, Susie Carmichael from the Rugrats. And oh then my um, gosh. probably most notable is the voice of Fry from Futurama, that is Billy West. Oh, he plays wow. the red M M&M. and M. Never well, knew. Nice, yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. All right, back to normal buzzing. Uh, question number four. In 1995, what color replaced the long-running tan after over 10 million votes were cast by people calling into 1-800-FUN-COLOR? Rachel. Rachel. Green. Not green. Darn it. I'm so <laughs> sure about it. Uh, Stu. Blue? It was blue. Oh. Nice, nice job, job, Stu. Thank you. Uh, yeah, over 10 million people called into 1-800-FUN-COLOR. To wow. vote for either pink, purple, or blue to replace tan, because after tan, yeah, that after, just crazy. <laughs> after over fifty years, they decided that tan and brown in the same package just was too much. Needed more color. Yeah. Like also, just why? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, two points of stew there. Question number five. M&M's Fruit Chewies were launched in the U.S. in the 1960s after starting as, after starting as Opal Fruits in the U.K. These sunshine-flavored candies were later developed into what brand? Rachel. Rachel. Skittles? Not Skittles. Really? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just a description of these things sounds really bad. Uh, is it Gushers? It is not Gushers. Sydney? Stew? Sorry, go, go ahead, Sydney. Go ahead, Starburst? Sydney. It was Starburst. Nice. Nice. The M&M's Fruit Chewies uh, later were developed into Starburst, spun off onto their own kind of branding. Fruit oh. opals. It's just like yeah. opals. That's a marketing nightmare. Like, what were you guys thinking? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question number six. Last question of the game. Uh, what are the only three colors to have stayed consistently in production since day one in 1941 all the way through today? Rachel. So I need, need you to try, before I answer, or before you answer, Rachel, I need uh, give you try to get all three colors. Uh, I'll give you half a point if you get two. Rachel. Okay. Wait, I thought we didn't do half or one point. I mean, one point. <laughs> half of the two. Um, I'm going to go with red, yellow, and brown. Uh, I probably should have went all three. Um, <laughs> I'll yeah, give you one be. point because you got uh, brown and yellow. Funny enough, red was has not always in pro- been in production. It was actually not a color used for over for almost ten years in the seventies because of fear of carcinogens in the red dye. Oh, so the only three colors are green, brown, and yellow. Wow. So. Wow, that's a, just less fun color palette than we have today right? so i'm really thankful <laughs> for how m&ms look now because boring m and yeah just yellow green and brown just like and tan don't forget oh, tan. Yeah. Don't forget tan. Tan. <laughs> never forget about tan it's it like was... army 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, you're I, right. that's, that's where they came from was yeah, being used. Oh, yeah. This. Melts in your mouth, not in your hand, right? Yep. Yeah. They wanted something that, yeah, was going to like hold up to the weather. Supposedly more so to hold up in the summer. So with the sugar shell, it helped hold mm-hmm. up longer than normal chocolate. Uh, yeah. Nice job. Uh, that is the end of the game. So nice job, everybody. That was Yay. super fun. Uh, the scores that I have it are Stu with six, myself with eight, Raylene with nine, and between a score of 13 to 15, Sydney wins the game. Nice job. Nice. Surprise. <laughs> well done. Awesome. I think Thank knowing, you. So great. I think knowing your, your murder movies helped out quite a bit. <laughs> That's good. Uh, nice job. Uh, that is the end of the game. And uh, each episode, a couple of us give a movie, a game, a pick, or something cool like that that we can rec- recommend you check out. And uh, Raylene or Sydney, do you guys have some picks? I guess my pick is going to be the new campaign for Not Another D&D Podcast. <gasps> they just released episode one, and it's been great. If you uh, like some creepy settings, go for it because it's it's really awesome. Merv, the GM, he's made it like a kind of blood bloodborne esque, like a dark Victorian setting. It's really cool. I'm excited for it. I'm gonna go ahead and second it. I think many <laughs> many moons ago, actually, not another D and D podcast was my pick on the show. Yeah, one of my favorite so. podcasts in the entire world. We've seen it live. It's oh, that's awesome. Amazing. Um, yeah, from mostly uh, college humor alum. Like, yeah, pretty cool yeah. people there. Yeah, is there a name to the to this um, uh, series the, or whatever? The place is called Eldermore. I'm okay. pretty sure. Nice, nice, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so my like pick is um, Lore Olympus. Um, and I found this app that uh, it's called Webtoons and they're like top rated like story on there is called Lore Olympus. And it's like uh, the like a modern t- retelling of uh, Hades and Persephone. It's like romance and like, yeah, it's beautiful artwork. And I find the story pretty compelling and well done. So, yeah, I definitely recommend checking that out. The app is free and um yeah, there's a lot of chapters already available. So they have two seasons. I feel so relevant awesome. this week because I've also read that. Have you? Yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I started that. Actually, I think I got the Apple. I was in an airport flying across the world. And oh. I was like, I was just so bored. And I found that app. And I, I actually I really enjoy them. Yeah, I, I find them really fun. I've gotten a couple of the different apps. And it's like nice. Like some of them will like do like music that goes along like while you're scrolling through. So it's just a comic size perfectly for your phone. That's like, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's really the nice. The art is beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm looking at this for the first time and the art looks amazing. This seems like a really cool way to, to kind of learn like a fictionalized history of, you know, all of this like different mythology. Yeah. You get a, like, there are some, like, you know, you learn a lot of the names and stuff and you're like, Oh, okay. Like what they're the God of and things like that. So, but it's got like a very painter esque, like watercolor look to the artwork, which I really love. Nice. That's awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Lore Olympus and it's on webtoons.com. That one's really cool. Um, I have a pick. This one uh, I actually found last Halloween and uh, didn't talk about it on the show, but ended up picking it up again just this past week it is the stranger things the game uh mobile game that is on 
iPad, iOS, and Android. And it sounds weird to say, but this might be like my favorite classic NES game ever. <laughs> like it's it's basically a top-down kind of Zelda-esque uh metroid-esque game but taking place in the stranger things universe and uh you basically are you, you start as a character you go through different parts of the town into the school into like the quarry like all this stuff from the first season of stranger things and along the way you like get new characters which give you new abilities to go back and find like secret passageways and the whole thing so if you're familiar with any of that sort of like old school Zelda-ish kind of top-down game. And um, to be on like a mobile platform, like a modern platform, it's just like super fast. Just traveling through moves pretty fast and like it's not kind of sluggish and like beholden to, you know, what a game was 30 years ago. Um, It's super, it's just super fun. It's about, it's probably about four or five hours to play uh, to basically beat the game and probably another hour on top of that to like, kind of 100% it so it's not terribly long but it's it's super fun and like I said I replayed it this year just for fun and uh totally got sucked back into it like I said it's available on iPad iOS and Android and um it has like a ton of reviews like it's it's and it's completely free it's um it was kind of I guess financed by Netflix in preparation for the second season so this came out a couple years ago but and then the developer who makes it is called Bonus XP which uh, is just some mobile developer, but like it has thousands of, of very high reviews and it seems pretty well regarded and I definitely think it lives up to the hype. This looks really cool. cool. Yeah, totally. I've not heard of that. Yeah, I've, me either. I yeah. used to play a lot of mobile games and I've kind of slacked off in the recent years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's more like a, a real, like an old school NES game. And of course, that's kind of the, the milieu, like they want it to look like this classic late 80s kind of thing, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it handles amazing. Like it's a lot of fun. It's a really good kind of puzzle. It's just big enough to kind of explore a lot of different stuff, but uh, and it has like a ton of puzzle elements and you essentially go into like dungeons uh, but it's the library and the quarry and the middle school. And, you know, those are the dungeons, quote unquote, and the laboratory and stuff like that. So it's uh, super, super fun. And Very that cool. is uh, Stranger Things, the game. And if you find it, like it's like I said, there's tons of ratings on, of high ratings on it. So totally worth it. Nice. Nice. But uh, that's it. And uh, if you have a pick of your own that you think listeners would enjoy or a trivia topic or anything else like that, email it to us at things wrong at gmail.com. The website is thingsaretwrong.com. Check out all the past episodes, show notes, and more. Uh, the next episode will come out around mid-November, so stay tuned for that. And uh, Raylene and Sydney, thanks so much again. love having you guys on. Yeah, yeah this you. was fun. We enjoyed and, it. Uh, before you go, tell everyone, like, still sleeping, what you guys are up to, uh, <laughs> where to find it, all that stuff. So, uh, still sleeping at podcast where sydney and i discuss our weird strange dreams with each other uh you can listen to it on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify and google play uh you can email us your dreams at stillsleepingpodcast at gmail.com and we will interpret them for you on the podcast professionally Professionally. we are experts (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you can follow us on instagram at stillsleepingpodcast Nice. I love the uh, like the the dream dictionary thing that gets referred to, where it's like, so you brought up that a giant fish was attacking you in this dream. And I looked up giant fish, and it means that. You know. 
and then also it alternatively means the opposite exactly. of whatever <laughs> every it tells you every time. <laughs> so it could really mean anything. Who knew that giant fish meant that, you know, you're still working out, you know, things from your childhood. And that's basically like 90% of it. It's oh, just yeah. like, oh, it's probably like some repressed emotional issues from when you were a child. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Expect some dream emails from me because that's awesome. I didn't know you guys take submissions. Sweet. Yeah, yeah totally. we would love send that. us all the dreams you want to. Yeah. <laughs> we love having listeners send in dreams. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's a great show and it's a lot of fun to listen to. So uh, definitely check out Still Sleeping on iTunes and all that stuff. Uh, And thanks again to Stu and Rachel. And uh, until the next Halloween or the next episode, uh, we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.